Welcome to the June 10th, 2021 edition of the Science Fiction Club meeting, uh, a small meeting this time. Um, so we might as well stick with uh, semi-tradition or quasi-tradition or whatever the word is and go with uh, Roger. How's that? Let's see what he has for us. That's okay, but I'll, I, somehow I can't think of myself as being a tradition. <laughs> well, the tradition um, of you going first is the tradition. Anyway, let me remind you that I have my settings set such that I remain muted until I hold down the uh, space bar. And it didn't used to do this, but for the last several meetings and continuing on to this one, the volume of the rest of you goes down tremendously when I do that. So while I'm talking, if you have anything to say, I probably won't hear you until I finish talking. Now, with that said, this time I bring you a book that I have not yet finished. I'm 87% of the way through it. I thought I was starting it in time to finish it by tonight, but what with things that kept coming up and what with the fact that it turned out to be longer than I expected. I don't quite have it finished, but I've read enough of it to tell you about it. The title is The Raft by Fred Stridom. That's S-T-R-Y-D-O-M. And as a matter of fact, I picked this book because I did not recognize the name and I figured that that made it more likely that no one here would have already read this one. I never heard of the guy. <laughs> but um, I think I heard somebody say never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I never heard of it. In any case, it is about the world gets amnesia. It seems that this takes place in the future far enough that there is a moon colony and the asteroids are being mined and China sends out an expedition of about nine astronauts who are supposed to go out to the asteroid mines to participate in mining and they don't quite make it. They utterly disappear and they stay disappeared for about 40 years at which time they suddenly show up again they land back in china and it turns out that for one thing they do not appear to have aged a bit and for another thing they have amnesia they do not remember where they have been and they don't particularly remember their lives on earth before they took over um well this needs investigation and there are news reports about it and such until sometime after they have landed and they are being investigated there are reports in america that the story actually takes place in america so there are reports that some kind of energy is radiating out from a spot in China where those astronauts were. 
and it is spreading and they are having well they seem to not be able to contact anyone within the range of where this energy has spread and in fact as it continues to spread the news people send somebody out to report on what's going on and there's a news reporter who is real close to where the energy is spreading out and he's on camera there and the anchor man is talking to him when he just suddenly stops talking um shakes his head a bit hits his head with his hands and then just stands there and looks stupidly at the camera and doesn't say anything well it keeps spreading and wherever it goes um what it comes down to is people just lose their memories of their whole lives there um oh it really day zero as they call it where everybody loses their memories takes place at about 15 percent of the way through the book um it had been following the lives of some of the characters up to that point kind of a soap opera of their private lives and such but when day zero hits it actually follows one particular character in detail he is sitting in traffic when this energy spreads out it's spreading out over north america and spreads out where he's sitting he has the radio on and he's listening to the radio personalities telling about these strange things that are happening where this energy is spreading out and they can't communicate with anybody within it and then it suddenly hits where he is he gets a terrible headache he's rubbing his head like crazy he looks up and he sees other people in the cars around him are doing the same thing and the people on the sidewalk seem to be kind of staggering around rubbing their own heads and then it passes and he's sitting there in the car not knowing where he is or what the car is or anything he finds a panel with a picture on it shaped like a hand apparently whenever this takes place they have they made cars that are started and the doors open and whatever instead of keys you use a handprint he puts his hand on the panel and the door opens and he gets out and there are other people who have come out of other cars while many drivers are still sitting in their cars just looking around bewildered um people on the sidewalks are just wandering around some wandering out into the traffic other people who are already in the traffic stepping up on the sidewalks they just all seem to be bewildered by the way on that radio he was listening to the only sound coming out of it now is kind of a thumping sound and what is being heard is the um, radio announcer who is sitting there in the studio tapping the microphone trying to figure out what it is 
So our character gets on the sidewalk and starts wandering along. And there's other people just wondering, nobody's speaking to each other. Nobody seems to know who anyone is. He passes some stores. It mentions that he passes a grocery store and looks in, and there are people wandering around the aisles, some people sitting on the floor with opening packages and eating food out of them on the floor of the grocery store. Um, he keeps wandering on. There is a place where... Well, he had been sitting in a traffic jam, but apparently the traffic jam isn't all over because there's a place where a car has crashed into a fire hydrant and the water is spewing out and he decides he's thirsty. So he gets down on his hands and knees to drink some water and he notices something hanging from his neck. Well, it's a tie. He tries to pull it off, but he just ends up tightening it. And he figures out that if he wants to pull it off, he better pull it the other direction. So he loosens it, pulls it over his head, and just throws it away and goes wondering again. Eventually, he comes across a woman who seems to be wandering around, bewildered too, but he feels some kind of connection with her. And she seems to feel some kind of connection to him. Because when she sees him, she walks up to the, him, and they don't say anything, but they just start wandering off hand in hand. Well, what it comes down to is there is just enough memory left so that they, a husband and wife can feel some kind of connection with each other. And they, even though they don't know where they are going, they can find their way home, too, because they end up walking up a driveway to a house, walk in and start wandering around the rooms. He notices in the kitchen that the faucet is leaking. He walks up to it and tightens it and stops the leaking and congratulates himself for knowing to do that. But um, nothing else seems to be familiar. Now, I said that he and his wife were able to remember some kind of connection they had with each other, even though they don't know who each other are. As the story progresses, you will see lots of other people do not recognize or have any connection whatsoever to their family members. And by the way, I don't guess you really have to say this, but on this zero day, the day that everybody loses their memories, um, civilization all over the world also collapses. <laughs> um, nobody goes to work because they don't even remember they have a job, much less what the job is or how to do it. So all of civilization collapses. As things go on, there are a lot of flashbacks to times before day zero. And that isn't quite as interesting because it's kind of a soap opera about the people's lives, except that um, all of the flashbacks seem to have something to do with memory. Um, false memories, uh, memories of distant past, memories of people no longer in your lives, or whatever. So it fits in with this um, theme about memory 
Um, also, as things progress, you know, flashing forward again to everybody losing their memory. Like I said, some people remember some things better than other people do. And as time goes by, some people start recovering some of their memories. For example, some guy who had been a banker tells others that he has remembered how the banking system works. Well, unfortunately, he doesn't remember real well how the banking system works. Um, and besides that, even if he remembered it perfectly, what good would it do? Because all over the world, you have people just wandering into banks, maybe picking up stacks of hundred bills, hundred dollar bills, looking at them curiously, and then just throwing them down on the ground and wandering off. So it's not going to do a lot of good if one person remembers how the banking system works. For a long, well, by the way, on televisions, televisions that are left on, for a long time, um, they remain on, and all you see is an anchor desk because the anchor man has just stood up and wandered off, and the cameraman did too. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of interest on television. All you see is this desk. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's also a doctor who was a surgeon who reports that after so long has passed, he is remembering how to do his surgery again. He might be able to resume being a doctor, except again, he doesn't remember it well enough that you, let's put it this way, you better not trust him to do surgery on you. Um, I think it describes it like this. It's kind of like knowing how to move an arm or a leg, but not having a sense of body, meaning that it doesn't really do you a lot of good. Now, the name of the book is The Raft, and where that comes from, um, before day zero, there were these islands, floating islands, and they were artificial islands. They were different habitats for different purposes, and what they amounted to, each island was a commune. Uh, so, some of them are devoted to scientific research. Some are divided, devoted to growing crops or what have, have you. But the people on the islands live communally. And just before day zero, by the way, there was a bunch of people from an island who had spotted a beached whale and had gotten on a raft to go get a close-up look at the beached whale and then day zero hit and they remembered enough such that they could um, control the raft and go visit island after island um, and sometimes they let somebody off and other people got on and stuff like that so it follows a lot of the adventures of this um, raft now, I'm going to say 
that I don't think there's anywhere in the book, at least so far, that says this explicitly, but it appears that the people on the islands are not quite as affected by this amnesia as people on the mainland. Um, there seems to be something about being surrounded by ocean that um, keeps you from feeling the false force of this. In any case, late in the book, um, there is some explanation of what happened. These Chinese astronauts had fallen through some kind of a, a what would you call it, a space warp, a time warp, or whatever. They fell out of our universe and fell into an alternate universe. It was a universe in which the Earth was, um, the entire Earth was one um, one mind, one consciousness, kind of like a hive mind. And when these astronauts show up, the Earth takes pity on them because there are these lonely minds, about nine of them, that are not connected to other minds. And, you know, they're so isolated and so on that the Earth considers them to be all very pitiable characters and learns that they did come from another parallel universe. And the Earth decides to give them the ability to join their minds and to go back to their own universe and make the Earth of their origins a hive mind too. Well, uh, this hive mind Earth isn't perfect. For one thing, that's why it took 40 years for them to show up again. It wasn't good at picking out the exact time that they would be returned. And for another thing, this um, infection, I suppose you would call it, that they were given that was supposed to make everybody join together into one big happy mind didn't work too well. Instead, it gave everybody amnesia. <laughs> so, obviously, this one mind Earth in a parallel universe didn't know everything. <laughs> it made big mistakes. Anyway, there, um, like I said, I'm about 87% through it, and I haven't come to the end yet. But I think I see something about where this is going in how society will reorganize. Because, um, like I said, there were certain people organized in the communes. And I think, um, well, it made it kind of a big deal out of the communards, the communes. It looks like what's going to happen is even though nobody has their memories, Human nature, <clears throat> human nature remains human nature. And um, one very clear thing about human nature is that humans are capable of and, in fact, prone to cooperate with one another for mutual benefit. And if they had not 
if that was not the case, there wouldn't have been any such thing as civilization in the first place. And it looks like all these people who are completely ignorant of everything having to do with building civilization are going to, well, start cooperating with each other and form into communes again. And by the way, each group of people, um, one thing that is um, a premium, they want to get somebody who can remember how to read. There are some people who remember how to read, and each community or commune or what have you wants to have at least one person among them who is able to read. <laughs> but I think that's where it's going. I really don't know. I haven't finished it yet. I might be able to finish it by tomorrow, but then um, that's after our little meeting tonight. So there you have it so far. I've, oh, by the way, it is a publisher quality book that I found on Bookshare. And like I said, I picked it out mainly because I did not recognize the name of the author, Fred Stridham. So there you have it. Well, I had a question. Did people remember how to talk? They clearly did. And did they remember how to, like, use a refrigerator or I, you mentioned um, the TV. Did they know how to turn it on and off and stuff uh, like people, that? At first, it looked like people weren't even remembering how to talk because they weren't talking to each other. They were just wandering around looking bewildered. Apparently, though, they did figure out how to talk or at least some people did, or I think probably most people, um, remembering how to use a refrigerator or other appliances, well, no. They had to figure that out again all over. Like I said, civilization completely collapses because people don't even, well, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking like, of... Like I explained about the radio announcer. Mm -hmm. All you could hear on the radio was tap, 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 because there he was sitting there tapping the microphone that he used every day trying to figure out what it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the farmers wouldn't even know how to grow food. I mean. Right. Wow. Yeah, I think you'd have to go pretty far down before you uh, came back up once, mm -hmm. you, once you, you lose your memory and stuff, because we're so interdependent now, you know, uh, if things are, you know, if technology is working, you know, you can might be able to come back up. But if you don't remember how to use it, things aren't automated enough to keep running by themselves for very long. I mean, like the power plants and so on would, you know, probably quit pretty quickly. Oh, mm -hmm. by the way, so this, this, yeah, I had a moon colony. Yeah, and people on the moon were not affected by this, but they had a problem in that their supplies were suddenly cut off. Right. So all they could do is try to figure out a way to get back to Earth um, without a ground control to help them. And apparently they did it. But once they got there, well, they did not have amnesia, but they were so few, just the people from a small moon colony. Right. And it's like um, they didn't exactly have much power to rebuild civilization either. And here's something else. I, I almost forgot to mention this. This reminded me a lot of Day of the Trippins mm -hmm. by John Wyndham. 
I'm assuming that most of you have probably read that one. Yes. Long ago, yeah. Haven't, yeah. It's about everybody on Earth goes blind, and that kind of causes civilization to collapse too. And the Triffids were these um, carnivorous plants, and all these blind people had to watch out for carnivorous plants. In this story, in the raft, um, I kept thinking it seems very similar to Day of the Triffids. And then something happened that I think shows that maybe Day of the Triffids inspired this story. One of those islands was devoted to scientific research. And the scientists on that island, because suddenly they got amnesia, let's their research project get loose. It is a flesh-eating plant. Not as aggressive as the triffids, but it's still a flesh-eating plant. It doesn't play a really big role in the story, but that kind of tells me that this was probably inspired by Day of the Triffids. He was sending a message to people who knew. That might be what he was doing. Yeah, no. And the people who didn't know wouldn't wouldn't care that much about it, but people who knew would get the message that he got was inspired by it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what he was doing, like an inside joke for the science fiction people who knew the book. Yeah. Who knew the day of the Triffids. That might have been what he was doing. How, is, how old is this book, this Fred Stridham? Is he... It's fairly recent. I forget uh, the date. Uh, I'm just but, curious. Um, it's it's a fairly recent one, and it's a publisher quality book on um, yeah, Bookshare. Um, hang on a minute, I might be able to find the date. Hang on, that's all right. Well, we'll see. I I'm just curious sometimes because when things were written, sometimes tells you something. Mm-hmm. About, like if he wrote this in the '60s or something. Right. Then the inspiration would be real more clear. I wonder how the an- if the animals lost their memories too, like animals not knowing how to forage or mm-hmm. what to eat. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it sounds like the memory loss didn't get quite as bad as not knowing how to eat or anything. That's true. Uh, yeah, so I and think the animals might not have been affected. Very yeah, much. that's probably true. Yeah. It sounds like more intellectual losses mm-hmm. than instinctual losses. Um, maybe they lost their fear of humans or something like that, but maybe, not. Yeah. yeah. Cause, um, you know, um, you heard about during the pandemic, you know, the animals started coming into the cities. Yeah. The yeah. The coyotes wandering around the streets. Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah. We can uh, hear well, you. Okay. I had the um, Goodreads page to that um, to that book open, or at least I thought I did, and I tried to alt tab back to it to see if I could get a date. And I don't know, maybe I accidentally closed it or something because it wasn't there. But then I couldn't talk to you because I'm trying to alt tab back to the meeting, <laughs> and I couldn't find the meeting. So I finally did, though. But I don't have a date, but it's fairly recent, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just was curious, um, um, just because I, I like to know, because sometimes the, when something was published tells you something about it. Um, 
yeah, I never heard of this guy. Did you see uh, if he had written anything else, or is that the only thing that Bookshare has by him? Please. I didn't look for anything else by mm -hmm. him, so I don't oh, know if okay. uh, I might look later. Though. But did you like it? But you told us a lot about the book, but you didn't tell us whether you liked it or not, really, whether you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like it. I like it. And Okay. I may, like I said, 13% of it left. Mm -hmm. I might finish it by tomorrow. And yes, I do kind of like it. Well, good. Uh, and of course, the ending may have a big, uh, may have a big influence on what you really think of it at, you know, because I've seen books that where the endings made a difference in how I felt about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sherry? Well, I do have something. I, first, I will say I finished the Time Traveler's Almanac, all 52 oh, hours. All 52 hours, yep. But I must say, I probably only read about 20% of the stories. It was oh overall a big letdown. Um, oh, I started them all, but most of them I didn't like. So I would not recommend that to even people who love time travel. Oh, that's, that's really a downer. That's yeah, a that's really a shame, because you'd think they would have oh. picked the best stories they could find and yeah. didn't seem to be the case in my humble opinion mm -hmm. but the book i did read that i did like is called mm -hmm. the future is yours by dan fry f-r-e-y mm -hmm. and it's listed as sf and it's sort of sf light i would say is These that bard or bookshare uh it's on bard oh okay these two guys discover a way to look into the future on the internet and they test it out by reading news stories a couple weeks in advance and then waiting to see if they happen. Mm -hmm. They tried changing some things and that didn't work out too well. So it seems pretty solid. So they start their own business. And I say it's SF light because a lot of it is how they start their business. Mm -hmm. And there's congressional hearings going on about whether or not to allow this to happen. And uh, the style of the book at first I didn't like because there's no it's not written traditionally it's all email exchanges mm -hmm. text exchanges phone call exchanges oh. and congressional hearing mm -hmm. conversations but it kind of grew on me and it did manage to convey the story quite well just using those techniques and it was interesting because what are the repercussions of this of course there's stock market stuff and lottery number stuff yeah and they their business is going to be to open all these places and sell this um software to people all over the country mm -hmm. and it's you know it's a huge hit thousands and thousands of people are signing up and the effect it has is like sports will not be important because you can always look and see who won so mm -hmm. who, who's going to go to the games it doesn't matter stuff like that little things like that were kind of interesting and then they start finding that things are not looking so good there's a tech terrorist anti-tech terrorist group that starts blowing up um, computer places and shutting down the internet and stuff like that attacking things and there's a lot of um, pushback against this technology one of the guys quits the company because he's starting to think maybe this isn't such a good thing the other guy isn't a very nice guy he's more into it for greed than anything mm -hmm. and he continues on 
And so it turned out to be pretty good, and it's about eight hours. And um, I think I saw that. That just came up not too long ago. Didn't yeah, it, it did. It, it's, it hasn't been on Bard all that long. Yeah, I thought it was. I read the long. synopsis, but I read the the annotation, and it, for some reason, it just didn't get me. Uh, um, I might have to look at it. Maybe Alyssa and I can look at it. Uh, what intrigued me were the uh, the whole idea of what impact this would have on society, being able to look a year in the future. But the problem with that is, though, and I don't know if the authors deal with this, but you have to figure, you have to think that if you can do that, then what you're going to, what you do in response to it's going to affect the future, right? So it's going to well, change it. it was interesting because one of the things they tried, and this isn't much of a spoiler because it happens early on, is they saw where a woman was murdered by her husband. Mm -hmm. So they went, her husband who she was separated from, so they went to her house and warned her. So the woman took her child and went to her sister's house and didn't stay at home. Well, eventually she came back home and the guy just killed her then. Oh, okay. So it only—it may have made a minor change, but not right. enough to really affect anything. Yeah. Well, she ended up going home like later that night, past the oh. time when she was supposed to be killed, oh. and he still—you know—it so, still happened. So right. yeah, it, so little the things like that. Still happened basically the same. Right. Mm. And one guy looks into the future and doesn't see himself, but finds his obituary. Oh. And so he suicides. And of course, that's a slight change, too. Or is it? You know, right. it's unclear. You don't know how he died. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was interesting, um, but yeah. I, I tend to like that sort of th the genre. So uh, I thought it was worthwhile. Yeah, well, it kind of uh, balances out because the Time Traveler's Almanac was probably yeah. all backwards in time. <laughs> exactly. They weren't any good. So you found one that goes forward. Yep. Yeah. Time Dang. traveling of a sort. You can't go there. You can just read what's going on. So, yeah. Right. And of course, then you find out, oh, you know, uh, later on how, you know, that mm -hmm. worked out. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I finished the Peter F. Hamilton salvation ah. sequence, and I actually liked it better than I expected to. Uh, the second half of the third book, um, I'll just briefly outline, but I'm going to be a little bit vague on some points. Um, but this is about a, an alien race who comes and tag, uh, um, captures the uh, people of various civilizations uh, because they supposedly got this message from the future from the uh, somebody they call the god at the end of time, and they're so they grab up all these well um, aliens like humans and other alien species, and they. They place them in these giant arc ships. They put them in these cocoons. Like, uh, well, they uh, they come to Earth in the first book, and they pose as being friendly, and they sell Earth various kinds of technology in exchange for power. You know, in exchange for being able to use the sun for power and stuff. And um, they, um, it turns out that they are here on their religious mission. But humans find out about it, and of course there's big war, and part of it takes place. There's three books, Salvation, Salvation, Lost, and The Saints of Salvation, and there are two basic plot lines. One's in the present, which in this book is like 22-something, 2200, 2206, and then there's another plot 
that starts uh, a few thousand years in the future and humanity spread out, but they're they're still at war with this alien um, at very advanced aliens. And um, but then so the third book, which is the Saints of Salvation that I just read uh, last a few weeks ago, uh, starts out pretty conventionally with the same plot lines and you get the um, um, current plot line in the 2200s where Earth is, uh, you know, all the cities have these shields because the uh, aliens are attacking them, trying to get the people to cocoon them, take them on their ships to their enclave where they plan to await the end of time. And then you go to this far future plot line with these other people who are um, fighting the aliens on a more equal level, but they're still not uh, doing very well. And then, here's where I have to get more vague. Um, the, um, one of the uh, people in the future time uh, frame uh, takes it upon herself to... Uh, create or allow uh, to seed this race around the human uh, around a neutron star not not uh, not to create them but to, you know to send uh, you know a ship with uh, DNA and stuff and robots and stuff and lets them create this really advanced civilization that I, I kind of liked and then they are able to fight the aliens on a more equal footing and uh but there's still some perils and but i enjoyed the not so much the combat and stuff there's some of that um but i enjoyed his descriptions of this race um um the um um cheapers I'm, I'm blanking on something and um he still has some things in his books that i don't care for too much but um, overall, I enjoyed the, the salvation sequence, but it's all, it's, it's, it takes a while to get to. Um, the first book was a little off-putting uh, to some people. I, I, it was okay, but I wasn't great. Uh, I didn't think it was that great because um, he, he puts it in a different format. It's not just a, a, nar a straightforward narrative. He tells these, he has people on the ship telling their stories. Um, like there are five or six of them and they're telling their different stories about how they're involved with the, you know, uh, aliens or not involved with them, but um, involved in, you know, the fight against them or um, trying to find out what they're really up to because some of them are more, before they find out what the aliens' true purpose is in coming to Earth, there are some people that are suspicious of them and they find out you know some nefarious things they're up to because they're able to you know they've, they've kidnapped some humans and and uh, did some things to their brains so they can uh, create um, these they call them quints they're they're multiple they're they're uh, multiple they're they're one mind but they're multiple bodies and so and some of them are human and they're spying on humanity and trying to subvert um, and trying to prevent humanity from trying to uh, fight back against them. Um, it was pretty good. As I agree with some of the reviews from Amazon that he's repeating some things. You know, he's kind of selling this, a similar book 
uh, one reviewer said that he had bought you know several books the same book several times already and <laughs> wasn't that bad but i can see you know some of that but i still enjoyed it quite a bit but um i hope he tries to come up with something a little different next time uh uh, but but I enjoyed it overall. I, I kind of really started liking it at this, in the second half of the third book when these uh, uh, man I'm, try, I'm blanking on the name of the what he called them, but it doesn't matter too much. But when these advanced humans, um, and she got um, there, there was a lot of conservatism in humanity, and found out that some of the humans who had lived a really long time were were being manipulative and so on. And so she decided to try something new and and help to create this race of very advanced humans. And that was really kind of interesting. Uh, reminded me of some of the work that he did in the Void trilogy with the, mm -hmm. some of the more advanced humans. And that was fun and that was interesting. So it was good. It wasn't great, I, you know, it, but it was good. If you can make it through, you know, and they're not as long. If you look at the audio, uh, they they came up. They're all on audio uh, Bard now in audio. Right, right. And the longest one is like about nineteen hours, which you know is much oh. shorter than yeah. like Pandora's Star and right. and I think even the Void books are longer than that. Oh, yeah. So these aren't quite as long as they used to be. Hmm. Um, I might give it another try. Although if I have to make you it through. I started Salvation, and I probably mm -hmm. got five or six hours, and I just wasn't doing anything for me, and I gave it up. Uh, well, yeah, um, um, I understand that. I understand that. You mean there's so many other things to read, but mm -hmm. um, but I persevered, and you know, I think I enjoyed it. But it, as I said, it's a it's a it takes a while to get to. Mm -hmm. uh, did you see any of the future humans? Did they did, did they come in in the first? I don't Six remember. I, I, you know, I read it when it was on Bookshare still before it even oh, hit Bard. Those uh, those people that were trained to fight those squads. That sounds Elian vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yorella and and the, those people in the future on that world, and they had to leave the world. They used yeah. to create lures for the 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 um, they used to create lures for these aliens to come to, so that they could try to trap them and. Mm -hmm. find out where the secret enclave was and it wasn't working and yeah so they finally decided to take the fight to them and uh well i'm not going to spoil it because there's some interesting uh things if you can mm -hmm. if you decide to keep going um you could skip to, well you can't skip books in his series because no. he doesn't tell you what happened before right i wouldn't he doesn't give do you that. a previously it doesn't give yeah. you uh, like you know what happened, what has gone before type thing, but um, see now I don't know if Wikipedia has plot summaries for these. I know they do for a lot of books. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look up, I've looked up books on Wikipedia to get plot summaries before, mm -hmm. and um, of course sometimes they have warnings at the top saying this book gives too much away of the plot. Um, but um, but you might want to if, if you really don't want to read the first book, you could try getting the, a, um, a plot summary of it from somewhere and then go to the second book and then you'll get more of a it's up to you whatever you yeah, want to do i might try reading it like read mm -hmm. six hours then read another book and then read six hours you or could try like that. that yeah you could try that it depends on yeah. how much of it sticks with me 
Yeah, yeah I've got some other books here I'm going to be reading soon. I'm doing some rescans for Bookshare. I'm going to buy some books here and do some rescans for Bookshare, mm -hmm. some books that need quality improvement. I have a lot of, but I've got so much nonfiction here to read too. I'm there, mm -hmm. but I'm reading modern classic short novels of science fiction by Gardner Dozois. And oh. uh, I like, I like them so mm -hmm. far. I'm at, up, up to the Cordwainer Smith uh, um, story called On the Storm Planet. And I've got his Cordwainer Smith collection that NLS put out called The Rediscovery of Man. It's kind of weird, as um, some people would say. It's really different. It's really far future also. Um, he was actually a doctor. Hmm. Uh, Cordwainer, I'm sure Roger knows about him. He wrote a book which may still be the classic book, but it was like 20, 30 years ago on psychological warfare. Hmm. Wow. He was the son, a godson of Sun Yat-sen, and um, he wrote science fiction under a completely different name from his, you know, given name. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's pretty odd, science fiction. It's really far future. There's a lot of, you know, different kinds of people. I'm, I'm intrigued by it, but mm -hmm. I may talk There's about that next. The instrumentality of yep, that's it. Yep, that's it. I'm just starting it, but I'm I, I kind of like it. It's pretty far out, um, and it's a lot of it, it's a pretty big book too. So we'll see mm -hmm. how that goes. Cool. And um, I've got some other stuff I've scanned here. I've got Tales of the Dying Earth by Jack Vance, who's a rather neglected author, I've kind of neglected him, but I'm I'm starting yeah. to get into him now. I got the Vac Jack Vance Treasury here from Bard also that I'm starting soon. I know I've read him, but I can't remember titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his stuff is pretty far out too. Uh, a lot of it's like well, the Dying Earth stuff is like way in the future, so it's kind of looks like fantasy, but it's and he, and some people even consider i think he even won a fantasy award for it but i don't hmm. think it's not i don't really think it's fantasy it looks mm -hmm. sort of like it but but it's not um at least i don't think it is um gene wolf's book of the new sun was i think won a fantasy award too but it wasn't fantasy it was it was just really far out in, mm -hmm. in the millions of years in the future and stuff and it looked kind of like fantasy but it wasn't um well I guess we are, I guess we're done, aren't we? Yeah. The next meeting of the Science Fiction Club will be on Thursday, July the 8th, 2021.